We'll finish up with a visit with the High Desert Museum in Bend. We have two time-limited exhibits to talk about, one up now, one coming soon. The one up now is about Maxville, an extinct logging town in Oregon, and a rare one that had a notable black population. The exhibit on the way is about Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and how the native tribes of the region thought and still think about the mythical creature. We think he's mythical. Haley Brazier is the curator of natural history at the High Desert Museum. Hi, Haley. Thanks for having me. Sure. And Heidi Hagemeyer is with us as well, the Director of Communications and Visitor Experience. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you so much. So I'm not sure who's the Maxville person, but uh, but uh, somebody tell me who, where Maxville was. I'm the Maxville person. This is Haley. <laughs> Maxville was actually located about 15 miles north of what is now Wallala, Oregon. And at the time when it existed at its peak, so from 1923 to 1933, it was actually the largest town in Wallala County. How did it come to be a diverse place, simply by virtue of being a a large place? Yeah, it became a diverse place because of the company that owned the town. So the Bowman Hicks Lumber Company set up the town and began to recruit um, experienced loggers from throughout the country. So the the Midwest and the U.S. South, they recruited these folks in, both white and black loggers, to live in this town and log the area. And so that's how you began to have African-American families moving into this region of Oregon. I I noticed, though, that uh, diverse does not mean integrated. That is correct. The Bowman Hicks Lumber Company uh, definitely uh, created a segregated town uh, to reflect the laws of the state of Oregon at the time. So uh, there was a segregated school system, so black students went to a black school and the white students went to a white school. And the town itself, the houses were somewhat separated, so the black families would have lived in a different section of the small town than the white families. Hmm. Now, is the exhibit at the High Desert Museum provided by the Maxville Heritage Interpretive Center? That's correct. Yeah, so Maxville Heritage Interpretive Center is located in Joseph, Oregon, so not too far from where Maxville was originally uh, set. And uh, they created this exhibit to tell this story about this town and the people who lived in it, the conditions they were living in. So this is a traveling exhibit originally created by them. So what of Maxville itself is still in existence or what perhaps has been restored? There is very little in existence. Um, Most of the buildings are gone. If you visit the site, you would see just maybe some wood on the ground of what used to be homes or buildings. But what is left, of course, is the story of the people. Uh, That's what this exhibit talks about. It has photographs um, that are given by families who uh, lived in Maxville. And it really has a lot of heart if you look at these photographs because you're seeing people who are really living in rough conditions and working very hard. And despite all of these uh, difficulties, they're forming friendships, they're enjoying themselves, they're smiling, they're making it work. Uh, So that's what remains from Maxville are the stories. And Haley, did Maxville end because there were no more trees left to cut? (laughs) Good question. No, there were still some trees left to cut, but there was a major downturn in the lumber industry by the 1920s and definitely into the 1930s with the Great Depression. So Bowman Hicks Lumber Company pulled out. They said, we're done here. Um, Some folks did continue to live on in Maxville until the 1940s, but ultimately a big storm kind of ruined the rest of the buildings there. Haley Brazier and Heidi Hagemeyer are with us from the High Desert Museum in Bend talking about a couple of exhibits, one on Maxville, Oregon, you've been hearing about, and uh, we'll also talk about Sasquatch before we're done here. And so, uh, uh, first of all, Haley, how long does the Maxville exhibit stay at the High Desert Museum? That'll be up through April 28, 2024. And uh, Heidi, things do not stay static for long at the High Desert Museum, do they? 
No, we always have a lot happening here at the museum. And uh, one of the things I think is wonderful about the High Desert Museum experience is you can come and learn about history and something like the Timber Culture Exhibition, but we can also explore cultures and art and science and even wildlife. And um, Sensing Sasquatch, the new exhibition, exhibition opening is a good example of that intersection of art and culture. And that opens March 2nd, I see, open through January 12th of next year. Sensing Sasquatch. <laughs> Bit of a tongue twister, it turns out. But um, what's what's the idea? What's the basic vision here? Well, I'll share a little bit about how it is not about Bigfoot, the pop culture icon, and mm-hmm. then let Haley um, take us through it a bit more. But Uh, Certainly, people think of Bigfoot, Sasquatch as this being of moss-stripped forests in the Pacific Northwest, but um, is is actually important as well to high desert region indigenous cultures. And we wanted to really center this exhibit on indigenous experience, indigenous knowledge, and indigenous art. Um, So it's it's really going to be a different kind of look. It's not necessarily the Bigfoot. Hunters of the Discovery Channel that you'll find in the gallery. Okay, so so Haley, this didn't start with the film of the uh, the famous walking film of since debunked, I guess, of Sasquatch. This is this is a very long history. That's right. Yeah, it starts with deep time. You know, Native people in this region have been telling stories and encountering Sasquatch for thousands of years. So that is the story we're telling, and it's both historical and present day. Um, Sasquatch is a deeply important figure for Native uh, American traditions in our region. With a somewhat different tone, I notice, in the indigenous stories. I mean, how do the tribes of the region tend to view Sasquatch versus what's happened in popular culture? Yeah, exactly. Popular culture often tries to seek out or find Sasquatch, but we have to uh, think of that as flipped a lot for Native traditions, where Sasquatch is actually choosing to visit or communicate with humans. So there's a different sort of switch in the agency there of Sasquatch. And Sasquatch is often seen by a lot of Native cultures as a protector, um, someone who can shift between lands and worlds really quickly. So there's a spiritual component, there's a shapeshifterness or interdimensionality to Sasquatch in a lot of Native traditions. And did the traditions, uh, were they differed somewhat from tribe to tribe? And, and I imagine among the five artists, you have some different representations as well. Yeah, exactly. They do differ from tribe to tribe. I mean, some tribes might think of Sasquatch a little bit more as a living, breathing uh, being in the forest, while others might um, think of Sasquatch as a little bit more spiritual. Again, that sort of shapeshifter um, representation. But there are definitely commonalities across tribes. Um, and people have different personal experiences, of course, when they've encountered Sasquatch. Sometimes it's a really positive experience, and sometimes maybe it's a little bit scarier or intense. Um, it just depends. Why do you suppose Sasquatch is such an enduring story? I mean, uh, basically, Native traditions, there are stories about all the creatures, but uh, uh, so is Sasquatch any more pronounced than those? I think Sasquatch is an enduring figure. I mean, it depends on who you ask and the Native tribes. I mean, that's a consistent um, known being. Uh, But for others who are not Native, I think Sasquatch represents something that we don't totally know about. It's unknowable. Uh, And I think we're all kind of drawn to thinking about the world uh, in a context that we don't get to figure everything out. Uh, and that's kind of exciting, and and I think that's great for humans to think of themselves in a context of a place that we don't get to know every little detail. 
Uh-huh. Well, you know, we, we had a session of, uh, of our Underground History segment live in Grants Pass a few years ago about Sasquatch, so we certainly know of the attraction. From a curatorial natural history uh, viewpoint, how blend what we know happened with, like Maxville, with things that are uh, perhaps somewhat shakier from an evidence perspective? Yeah, I mean, that's something we're not necessarily doing in this exhibit. So we're not necessarily putting in any components that are, uh, you know, a bit of more of that Sasquatch hunter. So looking at footprints or potential habitat, you know, that sort of thing. We're kind of putting that aside for this exhibit in order to create more space to learn exactly how Native people uh, think of Sasquatch. So it is definitely a shift from what you would typically think you're going to find in a Bigfoot exhibit. And uh, five artists altogether. Some of the names I recognize, Phil Cash Cash, for example. Um, Hollyanna Cougar Tracks, Dakota Little Bull, Charlene Tilly Moody, Frank Buffalo Hyde, and Rocky LaRock, uh, all scattered around the, the plateau. Yeah, exactly. They're um, around uh, the indigenous plateau, uh, the high desert region, um, but also a little bit eastern um, when it comes to Frank Buffalo Hyde. And then Rocky LaRock is Salish. So coming from a little bit more of that kind of wet Pacific, you know, Northwest rainforest that we often associate with Sasquatch. Sounds like fascinating stuff. That is called Sensing Sasquatch. It opens on March 2nd at the High Desert Museum and will stay open until January of next year. The other exhibit we've been talking about, about timber culture at the town of Maxville, uh, has opened now, has been open since January 13th, will stay open until April 28th. Haley Brazier is the Donald M. Kerr Curator of Natural History at the High Desert Museum. Thank you, Haley. Thank you. Heidi Hagemeyer is the Director of Communications and Visitor Experience. Thank you, Heidi. Thanks so much.